We live in a world where, or we lived, you know, in corporate, in a mm -hmm. world where everyone spoke at a higher level. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think he said- Those words were sexy. Yeah, Super sexy. Oh, I can't curse on your, your no, podcast. No, listen, we are here. We have okay. work and play at the same time. Okay, sis? <laughs> listen, we're going to- I got to make sure because my mouth- <laughs> Sometimes my mom would be like, oh, Lord Jesus, forgive this child. Listen, mine, I try to make mama proud there because <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with me. I will say though, we can, we can weave will, in and out. Yeah, just, let's just do <laughs> it so I know that you'll agree enjoying myself while at work is the vibe that I'm trying to be on so I want to invite you guys to sidebar ATL here in Atlanta Georgia sidebar on top of the good food and live music they have three different experiences that means you can join me in the garden room in the gold room if you want to try the top of the line hookah and they also have the dungeon where I hear what happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon so it's the perfect mix if you're here on business or you want to blow off some steam after work you can meet me at sidebar ATL so that you can have a little bit of dinner and then turn up afterwards if that's your jam so check us out 79 Poplar Street here in downtown Atlanta or you can call 678-800-0741 let's get it work and play at the same time right Right? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel, and I have Miss Ellen <laughs> Parker here to join me. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I've been watching your podcast for a while. Listen. I don't always catch it on time, but then I'll be like, oh, there's a new York. Wait, how many did I miss? <laughs> oh, it's about to be a Saturday's binge watch. Listen, you binge watch this on YouTube. Here. Listen, because I'm watching you over here. Because here's the thing. I'm super Instagram, and I go on LinkedIn, and I'm like, this girl is moving and shaking and interviewing folks. So I'm over here geeking out on YouTube. I feel like it's mutual. But you you took it to the next level. You went for from one podcast weekly, right, to two? Is Are you yeah. at three now? Two. Just two. Two. I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. And I was like, oh, no, fam, I can't do it right now. I can't do it right now. I'm going to chill. I'm going to chill. I'm going to chill. Cool. Well, you know what? You're Consistency, on my, though. Well, you know, we're going to get into your journey because there are lots of balls that you got in the air right now. <laughs> so, listen, we are all superwomaning it out here, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So, without further Time. ado, would you please let the folks know who we in, who's in the room? So, my name is Ellen Parker. I am the founder and chief programmatic coach of Ellen Parker Consulting which is a consulting company I founded about two and a half years ago. And what we do is offer programmatic media solutions in the form of training and workshop consulting and then podcasting. And so programmatic, if you're asking, is simply a fancy word for digital advertising, that's all. So you're very familiar with that. You just don't know what's called programmatic, right? Um, but it is simply like, Facebook advertising, everybody knows Facebook advertising, yeah. but it's advertising outside of Facebook. Okay. So advertising on Facebook, you know, you're scrolling through that one platform or Instagram, mm -hmm. and then you're seeing an ad. Mm -hmm. So digital advertising does it outside of those of like few platforms that we know, such as the Google, the Instagram, and the Facebook. And so there's a whole world. And I'll give this last example before I go back into the intro, is that most of us, like most millennials, don't have cable. Do you have cable? No. I don't. I haven't had cable in years. <laughs> and so you probably have Hulu. You have Sling TV. Mm. You have YouTube TV. Got lots of streaming stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All of those commercials yeah. on those streaming are programmatically bought. Or they're directly bought. And that's just the details. But it's automation, right? It's okay. digital advertising. Mm. And so that's the type of, of work I provide. 
Okay. So, so like you, you're familiar with the ad already. You just don't know what it's called, what it's, I'm telling you it's called. Exactly. Because in this moment, what I'm understanding mm -hmm. is when you, the, the, you know, the origin of a word, not that I'm a spelling bee champ no, by no. any means, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but program, mm -hmm. programming, meaning automated, mm -hmm. meaning like the digital programming of the ad. And I love that you build, build on the root because programmatic, mm -hmm. spelled with two M, exactly how you hear it, uh, from according to dictionary.com is taking a task and using and completing that task using a program Versus, mm. versus a human being doing manually. Mm. So we're automating, basically we're automating the task. Yeah. So again, bringing it back to digital advertising, instead of me calling, um, let me give you an example, CBS or ABC News or I don't know, Hulu and say, hey, can you place my ad? I use a technology, a program, a software where I input my characteristic yeah, and then it does the buy for me. So it's the odd, that automation is just the use of that technology. That's but you're cool. already doing it in Facebook. We use Facebook, that mm -hmm. technology to automate the buy, but just within Facebook, right? Yeah. So I do it outside and I now I teach people how to do it. That's so amazing. Yeah. It's, you just That's talked really cool. <laughs> two minutes. What, for, for a year, well, I would say a year, you've yeah. been talking about the Programmatic Digest podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I... I tune in, mm -hmm. obviously, and I think that I geek out sometimes. <laughs> the data side of me geeks out. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's very data-driven. Yes. I agree. I agree. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And But at the same time, I left data a long time ago <laughs> for a reason. It's, so. it's overwhelming because of the word. That's it. Yeah. And so being, you know, being in the morning meetup, being in, in Myron Golden's uh, challenge, I realized like people don't understand. Mm -hmm. So I really need to break it down even further. Yeah. And I've had people, whenever I talk to people and I explain, they're like, oh, is it like this? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm going to use this now. Yeah. Or is it like this? Yes, and I'm gonna use it now. Yes, <laughs> and so I'm still bec I'm learning how to explain it to people that are not in the industry. Yeah, but ultimately that word programmatic mm -hmm. is known. So if I say I'm programmatic expert in a room, mm -hmm. like one out of the ten people will be like, oh, I know who to work with, mm -hmm. who you're working with. Yes, yes. So that's why I have programmatic digest podcast. I'm a programmatic media coach. I have a programmatic meetup, which is a community. I love it. <laughs> because it's niched to what I know. Yes. Like, and I'm the people who are like looking that. for you, they like, know to look for It's one avatar. Is that? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I, I, I remember when you, what you were talking about when you were um, talking about what Myron Golden helps you think through, mm -hmm. which when he said, what yeah. did he say about like perennial interrogative, whatever he said about questions, I, it stuck with me too because we live in a world where, or we lived, you know, in corporate in a mm -hmm. world where everyone spoke at a higher level. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think he said- Those our, words were sexy. Yeah. Super sexy. Oh, I can't curse on your, your no, podcast. No, listen, we are here. We have okay. work and play at the same time. Okay, sis? <laughs> listen, we're going to- I got to make sure because my mouth- <laughs> Sometimes my mom would be like, oh, Lord Jesus, forgive this child. Listen, I try to make mama proud there because it ain't got nothing to do with me. I will say though, we can, we can weave will, in and out. Yeah, just, let's just do it. Because I was thinking about that, mm -hmm. you know, we try to appeal to the adult in yeah. people. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily try to appeal to the, the children. And, then, yeah. and that's when he, what he said to me when I was trying to tell him like, hey, I think I know my avatar. I don't, I have serious problem with my messaging at that time. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, you got to talk to the little kid. I said, like, what you mean, a little kid? He's like, how would you explain it to a seven-year-old or a six-year-old? I said, yeah. um, maybe this way. And then he said, 
Well, the little kid in you needs to connect with the little kid in them. Yeah. So how are you going to connect the dot? And now, even in my newsletter, I try to stay authentic and use words that I know I'll use on a daily basis. And sometimes, yeah, you know, the the coach hat comes on and then some buzzwords are thrown in it. Mm -hmm. But I try to reel it back and be like, I would rather somebody think I don't know how to write like 12 grades now, even though I know I'm a really great writer because I want them to know, like, I want them to understand. Yeah, and I bet if you throw a couple F-bombs in there, they <laughs> might really get it. I've been using thing, <laughs> I've been using it, you finna know. Really? No, 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 no not okay, anymore. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. Okay. Speaking of which, talking, going back to our younger selves, oh, yeah. one, now you are this programmatic coach, mm-hmm. programmatic, like, ecosystem, you know, mm-hmm. of sorts. But there was a Ellen before now. Yeah, so let's, let's go back there. Where, where are you from, by the way? And I appreciate the question because Bryn, when she was on my podcast, she said, when, we, when you ask a person, who are you? They yeah. automatically say something related to their work. And that's not part of our identity. Your work mm-hmm. comes and go. I may be programmatic today, but not tomorrow, right? Yeah. And I, quite frankly, I don't plan on being programmatic in like the next 10 years. Because I have a bigger purpose. Let's go. We're going to get into that. (laughs) (laughs) But I was born and raised in Senegal, which is a small country in Africa. And Senegal was colonized by France. That's why the first language is French. That's why my name is Ellen. Okay. Ellen. But they have about maybe four to six local uh, dialect, local language. So I speak one of them. It's called Wolof. And Wolof is very, um, it's almost like an African and Arabic mix. Okay. So when you hear it, you you pick up like some Arabic uh, words, like we say um, "salam alaikum," which Arabic people like Lebanese, Moroccan, they understand as "hello, salam alaikum." Okay. Oh, God be with you, or something to translate exactly. Okay. So I'm born and raised in Senegal, but my origins are from Cape Verde, which is another island. I mean, a country in West Africa. A C A P E verb. Yep. Yeah. So it's. C-A-P-E-V-E-R-D-E, so V-R-E-D-E, I think that's how we would write okay. it in English. Mm-hmm. And they speak Portuguese because they were colonized by Portugal. And then my grandpa immigrated to Senegal. And then back in the days in the 1950s, there was a lot of Cape Verdean immigrating into Senegal. So there's like a big community of Senegalese. So like there's a lot of Cape Verdean Senegalese that live in Senegal and their generation and their kids. And so he found my grandma on my dad's side and she's mixed Cape Verdean Lebanese. Okay. So I have a little bit of Lebanese in me, I have a little bit of Cape Verdean, and I was born and raised in Senegal. Wow. And I moved here a few years ago for, honestly, for college, and I ended up meeting who's now my, my, my best friend, my husband. Yeah. And then I ended up staying. Oh my gosh. Okay, number one, we talk about mixed kids all the time here in America, but that's, yeah. just, that's just black and white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, over there, the term mixed it's culturally relevant. What do you mean? So, I would be, so the word that we use in French is métis. I mm. think if you, you spelled M-A-M-E-T-I-S-S-E. Okay. So, métis means a mix of culture. So, not so much a mix of race. And so, I would be considered mixed there. Yeah. Even though I don't have black and white. Right. You know? And that's the because thing. Because it's culturally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, and that's where I was even going with that. Yeah. Because there are four different traditions, if I counted that right. Lebanese, Senegalese, mm-hmm. Cape Verde, Cape Verde mm-hmm. and just, so it's just the three. Yeah, it's just the three and now American. 
Okay, got you. So then how do we mix those four cultures in the world of LN? Um, so because I grew up in a country that was so um, diverse in terms of being open-minded. Mm. Uh, so in Senegal, 95% of the population, maybe 90-95, is Muslim. And then everybody else is Christian or non-Christian or, you know. And so it was very much okay to celebrate religion, to celebrate God, to... They really normalize, like, God. Yeah. I don't know if you understand. Like, they normalize this. It's easy there to get married for, like, a Muslim and a Christian to get married. But oh. in other countries, like, literally all of my cousins have fallen in love and their husband are Muslim. They've been married, like, my cousin Maggie, she just celebrated 20 plus years. So there's not that like no. war of religions where you're from. Yeah, Senegal is actually one of the countries that is known for no conflict. Mm. We probably had one or two conflict in the whole history, maybe give or take. Yeah. And that was because like we were mad at the government. Like I know the most recent that was kind of bad was um, the president wanted to go for like a fourth term or sixth term and it was like, they only allowed three or four term. I can't even remember. I can't remember. So at some point, somebody had to say, "Yeah." At some, and then the, the younger folks were like, "Oh no, fam! Not you gonna gotta happen. go. You mm -hmm. gotta go." Mm -hmm. and so, so when did you decide to move from, or would I say decide? When did you move? And was it your decision or like parents? So I moved when I was eighteen. I did not want to move. I did not want to come to the United States of America, okay? Why not? You didn't want to come to America? <laughs> no, I won't come to America <laughs> because I was so in love with my boy, my high school boyfriend at that time. Aww. So he ended up going to France yeah. and I ended up going to the U.S. And then my aunt, my, my uh, dad's sister, forced my dad. And my dad didn't want me to come because he said um, I was not a good high school student at all. It's or not that I was dumb or snot intelligent I was really I am really intelligent it's just like school the school system was not for us and in Senegal just so y'all know <laughs> here you max the classes at 10 15 20 students we were 40 okay in high school in high school in middle school in all them school with one teacher yeah. is one of us and we yeah. were in table of three or fours but like in high school in my high school we were in table of twos but it was common to be like in tables of two three four people yeah so it was like more mass yeah now you weren't you said you weren't necessarily the best student mm -mm. but like what type of student were you because I'm, I'm imagining like see now your energy right now and like everything <laughs> i know about you is super hype but i can't imagine you being a cheerleader i can't imagine i, not, I was not but, a cheerleader but, and then i know you got a little geek in you too so like did you just grow into a beautiful geek now or like what, what were you That's like so funny <laughs> So I was definitely into sport, uh, but I never mm. considered myself like a sports, like an athlete person. Uh, I played basketball, but I wasn't the best basketball player, but I was the one, a great team player. And though I think I just took that with me in my adulthood. Um, but as a student, I think I was very distracted. Um, and I understood that as a college student, that's why I went to a community college, which is usually smaller. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a private school, which only allowed like 10 students in the classroom. And I really thrived. Yeah. I needed, I needed more head holding. Yeah. Like, I had probably undiagnosed, what is it, ADHD or so? Seriously. Sometimes those are the blessings. Like yeah. Those yeah. close-knit communities. Yeah. You got to know what you need. I think I was always a hype man, though. I was always, because at school, I was told that I was very uh, talkative. Mm -hmm. I was very loud. 
um, I wasn't following the rules, not because I wanted to like, let's rebel. Yeah. More like, I just think this is like, why are you asking us to do these things? Just questioning. Mm -hmm. And so I got in trouble a lot for that, for talking back. And now I'm a podcaster. <laughs> talk, talk, talk. I'm a coach. Yes. <laughs> I do training and workshops. That means talking all day long. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. So know? dad is saying like, nah, 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 nah. She can stay. She can stay. So what made him change his mind? My aunt. My aunt forced him. Because he didn't want me to come because I had bad grades that, uh, that year. Okay. And he was like, don't go. You don't deserve to be rewarded with a trip to the U.S. Got you. For summer. Mm -hmm. And then my, my aunt was like, send her over here since she's 18. Oh, here's another thing. <laughs> In Senegal, in the system there, um, when you don't pass a class, mm -hmm. you don't pass the grade. Okay. So let's say, now let's say I had bad grades almost in all classes, but let's say you have bad grades in math uh, and you're in 11th grade, that one math class is going to keep you back. Okay. Like you don't go to 12th grade and then you just retake that math class. Okay. Like you be an 11th grade student twice. All over again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I never, technically speaking, graduated high school. I never did senior year in high school because I redid my junior year twice because I did it one time and it was not good. So I had to redo it. Mm -hmm. Math. Was it math? That it was, was your actually it wasn't math. It was, uh, well, French, which would be considered your English classes. Oh, wow. Literature. And then it was, um, I went to take a science course. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't it. Another thing too, like in high school in Senegal, you can pick, um, either literature, science, economics, like a little bit like a, a mini major already, That's but dope. you do this, in your last three years of high school. Okay. And so when you select either scientific classes or literature, then those classes are around science. And so I was like, I'm going to be scientific. And girl, didn't <laughs> those physics classes, those chemistry classes, I said, this is for the birds. I don't want this. And then I ended up like, you know, failing all classes and it took me back. And I was in like a, a private Catholic school and my dad was like, oh no, you're not about to miss this. So he, he took me to all girls school after that. Here? No, in, 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 in Senegal. I'm so still in he's, Senegal. he's still in kind of control, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Is, is, is my he high school in year. America or is he in? No, he's still in Senegal. And they're, they're just like, take her to America. And he's like, no, I'm not taking so her to. I, so here's the timeline. I did my, my uh, junior year again. Mm hmm and I moved, my dad moved me into uh, all sc girl school at that time mm -hmm. and I had excellent grade. And then well, since I had, I was already 18, my aunt was like, well, in the United States, since she's 18, she can be enrolled to college. She just needs to take her GED. And so that's what I ended up doing. But yeah. it was against him because him and I beefed a lot when I was a teenager. Yeah. You know, my, my dad was really like um, integrity, um, hard worker, and I take these values with me, but sometime when I was 16, like two years before this happened, I, uh, I asked him to go to a party. He was like, yeah. And then the day of the party, I was like getting ready. He's like, oh no, you're not going anymore. You know, I don't like this, whatever. And so I got pissed. I was like, oh, heck no. That's I'm still going to go out. And so I waited until they went to bed and then I sneaked out. That's <laughs> when the that. rebel came out. No, <laughs> I went to party like a... And so a few months after, yeah. my younger snitch sister, yes. You said. 
sister, my sister Allison. Okay. Talking about you, girl. Yeah, she's my best friend. My sister Allison went to talk to my older sister who was already here in the United States. And she was like, Antonia, um, what does it mean when this happens and da da da? And basically she was like, Antonia, what if I had a friend that went ahead and didn't listen to their parents and went out to party, whatever. And Antonia was like, this is super specific. Like what's, what's going on? And, I'm, and then Allison was like, well, Ellen did this and this with, I had a cousin and him and I went out at the same time. Mm-hmm. He was like, like what about you are? And Ellen did this and she was like, what? That's unacceptable. And she, Antonia snitched to my dad. Yes, Yay. I got some. No, that those are my best friend. Like this, my mean, ride or die. She knew what she was doing, so obviously it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, no, it, but it was, was a big deal for him. For him, because he felt so betrayed, he was like, "There's one rule in this house: is no lies." Wow. You know, to him, like even stealing is 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 considered a lie. Like you lying, like that, you cannot do that, mm-hmm. right? You cannot do that. So he felt super betrayed, and mm-hmm. so for a whole two years, he didn't talk to me. Two years, my, my fall, silent treat, treatment. Silent treat, but of course, you know, good morning here and there, Christmas, okay. how are you? But like, he used to be my best friend, and then it just like, it was very cordial. I got you. <laughs> it was really cordial. Now, I'm not a daddy's girl, but mm-hmm. I, I envy. I can't lie. Uh-huh. It's like a, it's you know, we read the book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we should all be millionaires. So that's probably where one of my jealousies goes. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish I had a daddy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, I got a daddy. Let me not do that. But I. Think about like daddy's girl. So for you, he, I'm sure he shaped who you were up until that point. So like, what Definitely. did that two years time do to you? It was tough because then mm. at that time, that's when I uh, um, I went ahead and took the second. I did the second grade. I mean, not second okay. grade. The the junior 12th. year mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, it brought me and my mom really close because oh. my mom worked really close to that high school who was um, in the city. Instead of the the other high school was outside of the city, and so she would I would ride with her, and when I wouldn't ride the the public bus, she would just pick me up and feel bad for me and take me home, and so during that time I really got close to my mom, and I think it really brought me so close that she she helped me just explain certain priorities, and she was like, listen, you can have fun, but you gotta be serious with school. Mm-hmm because it's knowledge and boyfriends are gonna come and go, jobs are gonna come and go, houses gonna come and go. She said, husband's gonna come and go. And she told me, but your knowledge is your own. So make that your superpower. Make sure you are knowledgeable about something. And so that's when I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So I started I started um, taking my classes more seriously and sure enough, I got excellent grades. And so that's that summer where my aunt was like, okay, time to ship her here. Mm-hmm. And dad- <laughs> Go ahead and ship that girl here. <laughs> and my dad was like, okay, but yeah, but she shouldn't have that, da 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 But like when I moved, it just brought us even closer because the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but now like now he's my best friend, you know. Um, I think he, he was really hurt because I was like, I was really close to him at that time. And he looked up to me and he had a lot of... Like my dad, he used to be like, "Oh, I need somebody to go go wash the truck." Be like, "Okay, I can do it, Dad, but I need, let me just translate into dollars. I need like twenty bucks." Mm-hmm. He'd be like, "Okay, I can give you twenty bucks, but you're gonna have to sign this and tell me, and I'm I'm gonna write down." And he basically he gave me a, a scope of work, a SOW oh. with information on it, and he'd be like, "You better make sure this and this and this is completed." I'd be like, "Yeah, I bet." 
Technically speaking, he should have paid me at least three to four hundred dollars. <laughs> Daddy, you hear this? Now, back in the day, three hundred and four hundred dollars. Okay? Was he an entrepreneur? Yes, he has his own company. He's a he's oh. a he's an entrepreneur for sure. And what about your mom? My mom, she um, she's always had that entrepreneurship flame as well because even though she worked for incorporation, mm -hmm. um, she always had the um, you know side hustles. Got you. Like always. Are you still trying to get a leg up on your entrepreneurial career? Now I told you about the morning meetup, the community that was created for the betterment of entrepreneurship. And we are cooking up some really cool things. Now here's the thing. If you join today, you can actually get in for 60% of the original price. So if you join today, all you have to do is download the app and I provided the link below so that you can join us. We have community, we have a book club and it's the largest group that meets every single day, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. to literally get a head start on entrepreneurship. So if you're still trying to grow, you don't know what your business is going to be, but you know you want to be an entrepreneur, this is the community for you. So check out the morning meetup, click the link below, download the app and join us today. Now you said your mom always had that entrepreneurial flame. You're the first person in a while that I've actually heard say that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the entrepreneurial flame has different like meanings. And different, For yeah. you, like what does that entrepreneurial flame actually mm -hmm. mean? Um, understanding that you can offer more than what you are currently in, mm -hmm. that you cannot be boxed in. But mainly, I think when we are entrepreneur, we think income. So to me, that entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial flame was really reliant to that income. Mm -hmm. So she understood that she needed more than one income stream. And so that's why she had her side hustle. Yeah. And my dad, he always wanted to have freedom, financial, time, whatever you want to define. Mm -hmm. And so he worked for the same company for years. He's, of course, a baby boomer. So that's very common. Mm -hmm. So when he was close to 40 years old, he's 62 now, 62 now. But when he was 40, that's when he start, he launched his company. Oh, wow. He has been very successful since. Um, it's called Alano Pet Petroleum International API. Oh, he's in the petroleum yeah, business. Yeah, he's in the petroleum business. So he has gas station, but in Senegal. Mm -hmm. And so, actually, the funny part is that when I moved here mm -hmm. after graduating from high uh, from college, I came across. Um, I think her name is Shama Hyder, and she founded Zen Marketing. It's a social media agency, right? Now okay. I'm close fast forwarding a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading about her and being so fascinating. And she was like, yeah, I started my agency with only $2,000 and this is how I did it. I was like, yo, I want to do this. I don't want to be in a cube. I didn't want to be, I was working in a cube. Yeah. And uh, I wrote a whole business plan. I think it was 14 pages. I had a name, I had everything. I sent it to my dad. I was like, dad, I'm gonna start my own company. And I was like, maybe 24, 26, I don't know. 20. No, I don't think I was 26. 26, I was with Jay, that was before. So it was like, 23-ish. Okay. And he said, well, this is great. I think you will. I don't think you'll work in corporate for long, but I want you to get the experience. So just table this idea for now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he, I told him, you know, I could have been, you know, could it be like a Facebook right now? Were you mad? No, at that time I wasn't. You Even now it. I'm not because I then found a job in social media mm -hmm. and I ended up hating it like hate so much that I was crying going to <laughs> Oh, okay, so now we gotta get into that. Okay, so here's the thing. You okay. grew up in Senegal. 
Um, dad, I, obviously, is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Bomb lessons, by the way. Like, SOW, <laughs> listen, that's probably my pain point as, as we speak. I'll never forget he made me sign something. <laughs> I ain't read it all, okay? I still don't read my contracts nowadays. It's mm. bad. Don't do me. Hire yeah, somebody. She reads her contracts. And she has... You no, I'll have somebody reading yeah. it for me. Because <laughs> I, like, I know my strength team. and my weakness. Yes. And my team is... My CFO, my husband, he'll be like, oh, goodness gracious. Hold up. Let me sit down. It's 25-page contract. I'm there you go. There but you he go. does it. But at least I know he's on my best interest. Yeah. But sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. So let's get into your career a little bit. Uh-huh. You come over to America. You're 18. You get, you get, you get your GED and go to school mm-hmm. what did you think you were like what was your thought process of like picking a major and everything in college before you got to corporate um I always knew I wanted to be in marketing because hmm. I remember so my mom was her her journey was she she didn't go to college but she did a school certification like trade school maybe but in secretary and so she got her secretary's whatever certification mm-hmm. and then she started working for airline company back in the days and then she just worked hard and worked her way up and then fast forward she was a director of marketing for years for that airline company and i remember seeing my mom with those big presentation like madman style mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, because <laughs> they didn't have no PowerPoint back in the days. No, she was, yeah, but you know, she I saw the graph and the sexy colors. Oh, she's on the business side mm-hmm. of things. Okay. Yeah, she was in the marketing mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. And so she would go and present, and then she had a team. And I remember going to see her at uh, her office and then seeing that she was like, you know, with a big office or whatever, That's computer, so really bomb, heels, red lips, going to work in her. So that really inspired me, and I was like, I'm gonna do this. I'm, I'm gonna do something in marketing. You wanted to walk in your mom's shoes. Mm-hmm. No, for real. That's for real. But here's the thing it was never my mom's calling to be that. Mm-hmm. Because now she moved to the United States. She moved in 2009, which is after the 28, uh, 2008 or whatever. And she could not find a job because she was overqualified everywhere. And here she was, a director of marketing, and then she ended up just um, starting to work. She worked at Target, and then she went to work for a hotel and help clean rooms and um and sh- and at that point she realized and that's why i think she's the dopest person i i know and um not gonna get emotional too but she just is so bomb like you went from director marketing being super successful to working in target to cleaning rooms and that that's there's nothing wrong with that but her journey taught her like listen this is the land of opportunities i'm going to go and get my uh, a certification in nursing. And she did. Mm-hmm. She started with a CNA and CMA, whatever certification she did. And now she's working at the hospital and they're offering her like, hey, if you want to be a nurse, we can, we can pay 50 or 60% of the, the schooling and you can do it in one year or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she's considering. But she always wanted to be a doctor. Oh, even when she was in marketing? Yeah. yeah. It so was she's, not now she's really following her passion. Yeah. And when I, Arya, when I said that she is, is her passion, like she loves going, she'll go to work and then people are just like, when she's not at work, people call her mm. to come to work. And I'm like, sis, <laughs> you got, you got to put your feet up. Look, your feet are up right now. You can't go back to work. Yeah. Stop. Uh, but she loves it. She loves it. Cause she'll be like, listen, I had a hard, hard day today until I talked to this patient and he didn't believe in God. And he asked me just to spend some time with him. And I was like, okay, well, what did you say? She was like, well, I told him about God. And he was like, wow, you know. 
And I was like, but the guy didn't believe in God. Now he believes in God. She was like, yeah, I don't know what I said to him, but he believed in God. But I said, wow. But she shares story to me. I don't think she knows the impact because she'll tell me something. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I was like, you have so much power and you're sharing your light into this world. And she works in trauma. The department is trauma. So the, she sees a lot of really terrible things. Yeah. Like she was telling me, she had a, a, one of her lowest days. She was sharing to me and my sister. She was like, there's this 18-year-old that got shot in the head. And, you know, not to be graphic, she saw it. Like she mm -hmm. saw the body come. Yeah. And I, I think the 18-year-old didn't make it, unfortunately. And mm -hmm. she was like, I'm usually really strong. I have tough skin. But that really hit me differently. And she said, you know, she just had, and she just picked herself up. She kept doing what she did. And she was like, I prayed to God. I prayed to whatever. I was like, wow. That's Can amazing. you imagine seeing a body and then you're just going to be like, all right, well, let's go. Yeah. There's more people that need my help. And that's the thing about it is, is when we look at jobs that really like suck from the outside looking in, for the people who do it and that's their passion, it is their work. It's not so gruesome. Like it, it, it doesn't matter what, right? Yeah. Think about all the jobs that we've had that we've hated mm -hmm. and the ones that people have hated and they love it. Um, me, I'm looking at you. I'm like, oh my God, she's in program. Like you guys, your episodes kind of <laughs> give me headaches sometimes, it's but you very love niche. it. It's very niche. Yes, yeah. it's bomb. It's really, it's and really funny. And you love it, really, right? Yeah, so yeah. just imagine like yeah, that when someone finds their purpose, mm -hmm. like it, you you can't shake them. Mm -hmm. So having a mom like that, that yeah. spirit is is traveling with yeah. you while you're in, you know, getting your, your degree. You decided to go into marketing. Mm -hmm. You knew what you because wanted to her. do. Yeah. Yeah, and, because of her. And it's, it's all her work ethic, you know, like. Yes. And also, I'm curious, when you got into the workplace, mm -hmm. you already have an example of success. You already have an example of who you want to be. Mm -hmm. When you get into corporate America, who are some of the people that you decided, that you saw who you could look up to or who you resonated with? Did you see that in the workplace? So, because I wanted to, yes and no. Mm -hmm. I think my direct managers were always really great. So my very first job out of college, I worked for Dominion Enterprises in Norfolk, Virginia, and it was a, it's a marketing firm. And my manager at that time, Tammy, she was like younger, and she was um, she's Asian. And when I say younger, she's probably like not, maybe eight years older than me. I'm 32, so at the time I was in my 20s. She was maybe in her early 30s. Okay. And so in the books, you learn that your manager are old wide mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. but the fact that she was from a different background like it, it started introducing me to diversity in the workplace okay. that people did not maybe experience as soon and i didn't experience that diversity after that's a, that's a story that's coming up so you started off with diversity yeah and then <laughs> and a <bomb> mom <laughs> so so tammy was really great i think because she was so cool, and then she was just like, you know what? Like, managers don't have to be ASS, H-O-E-L-E's, you know, for the kids listening. Um, so, so I think she was great. I think she was one of the people like, dang, this manager is really bomb. Okay. Yeah. So this was your first marketing job out of college. Yeah. What were you doing? What were some of the things that you, like, had to do as a young marketing? I was a qualified assistant marketing <laughs> coordinator. That's what I hear a lot of okay. times. Okay. But I was really proud because, okay, so... In my last year of college, I found this internship with this, that company, and I was in social media. That's how I realized like I hated social media during Why did my internship. You hate it? Like, I think it's just so complicated. It's mm. just so. Um, 
I didn't like the organic social media of things. Like coming up with posts, okay. writing things, getting creative. Now I do it with myself, for yeah. myself. I'm a content creator. It's funny how life works, right? <laughs> God has his way. Yeah, he sure does. But um, but at that time, I just didn't want to write posts for the for the company. Okay. I didn't I didn't like it. I and that might it. have been the issue, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I write it the for the content that they were making. You yeah, write. basically. Yeah. Mm. And so I was like, all right, I really want to work for Domain Enterprises because they're one of like the biggest in town. Mm -hmm. And thanks to that job, I got noticed by a lot of other companies afterwards. And so I right out of college, I graduated and I had the job already. Actually, I'm sorry. I found a job before graduating from college. Nice. I negotiated with a recruiter to let me talk to a manager, right? Even though I was an intern there, because um, their requirement was college, college, um, college degree first. But they hired me before I had the college degree. Let's but honestly, it. like I had finals the following week. So like, you were like, really, it was that close. It was that close. But so the guy was really nice. Yeah, I was. I was like, Did he's like, 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 oh, we can. Yeah, I felt really empowered. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you can, we can hire you come June. I said, oh, no, fam. I need the money now. Mm -hmm. I need the money now. I got to have this money. I ain't mad at you. So did you work your last, like you were taking finals and you were working at the same time? Yeah, I had started the first. Wow. But, you know, my senior year, I only had like one or two classes left. So it mm -hmm. wasn't as overwhelming. So Okay. Okay, yeah. so you said you were a glorified assistant. So I was a, what is it? It's, it was called lead, I, it's on my LinkedIn, but I think it was called <laughs> lead, lead generation specialist or something Okay, like so you were the person who goes out and finds the leads. Or so the job description said. <laughs> ah, okay, so what I did, okay, I remember now. What I did was like, okay, so the, the particular department I was in was called the education guide. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like, um, our clients were school, for-profit schools, and we were just holding their, it was almost Google for for-profit schools. Okay. And, excuse me, and um, Google for for-profit schools. So, and, and I think the student will just go on the education guide and say, I need a school f in, I don't know, marketing. Mm -hmm. And then they'll have profile of it oh, showing nice. up. And then when they will submit a lead, then I will run the database scrub it uh, from you know the the fake ABC XYZ test don't call me back um, and then send the lead to something or somebody I can't remember to each schools I think okay just letting them know these are the leads you receive in the last day or so candidates like candidates. like students mm -hmm. students who want yeah. to go to school for a certain thing mm -hmm. they are using this database yeah that it was scrubbing that data mm -hmm. manually manually Got you. And so I learned how to use Excel at that job. That's cool. And I still use Excel. Listen, I, will we ever not use it? Excel is bay. It is. It really is. I don't know if I'll ever, if I'll ever leave it. As much as I, I, I'm, I have a love-hate <laughs> love, relationship with data, but <laughs> I geek out all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you learned um, Excel there. And you said that, you know, because you had that on your resume, mm -hmm. you could go oh, anywhere. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. what was the what was the brand that was following you? So the education guide closed its doors. Mm -hmm. uh, but because of my 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 character, and my spirit, um, the new owners of that department. So they bought the department. In, yeah, they bought the brand from that marketing firm. And so the new owners were like, we really like your spirit. We're going to close that education guide. And now we're moving you to the 
new parent company, which was Employment Guide. Mm. And so at Employment Guide, I was a marketing analyst and I was, I was, that's when I was introduced to like website traffic, website analysis. So I was looking at, um, I was looking at the website performance. And back in the days, what was it? What was it? What was it? What was it? 2012, maybe? I don't know. 2013, 2014, early 2013. Mm-hmm. They offered digital advertising ads, like digital ads, as added value to their print papers. Oh, like a like a um, ad, like a what do you call it? Yeah, like an added card. value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would be like, oh, if you buy the the front page, whatever, to mm-hmm. promote your your job, um, you know, your your job uh, posting. posting. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We'll put put it automatically on our website as well. Now, now it's like this flip flop. Okay, and we'll throw in a little bit of so, newspaper. So I think that was a two-year journey. Wow. Um, between education guide to employment guide, mm. and employment guide laid me off. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I remember crying like, I like to say, ugly be crying like ugly crying, mm-hmm. and. Calling my dad like, what am I gonna do? I don't know what I'm gonna do. I have this debt, you know. At that time, I was living with my mom. We had an apartment. We were living together, and we could barely make end meet. Like we had just moved together, um, and we were helping each other. And actually, our first apartment I remember was so small, so we only had enough. I don't know how she got her bed, but I didn't get a bed for the longest time. So I was on on air mattresses for like quite a few years. I forgot that struggle. While you were employed, your mom, you, you and mom just, y'all like thugging it. Yeah. But my sister, what was Antonia at that time? My, oh, my sister, I can't remember what my sister was. I think she was living with her, with her husband at that time. Okay. And uh, my younger sister, she had just moved from Senegal. So she was a minor. So she was living in my aunt. So we all moved into my aunt's house. And after a while, we just spread our wings. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. So you guys are literally like figuring it out. Yeah. You get laid off. And I hear you say like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm get, I got oh, all these student debt. Struggling. You like, were stressing was, about like oh, heck yeah. the money and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And money was, is money is taboo mm-hmm. and it's still taboo in some African uh, families. Mm-hmm. And it was in mine. And the only money relationship I had was via my dad of course and my mom but whenever they you know couples I'm married now I understand but when couples disagree they argue and money was a big argue trigger argument trigger sorry mm-hmm. so I only heard something of money when my dad and my mom argued about money and they were not yelling shouting they were just like arguing but back and forth and this you eating in silence like uh <laughs> just this awkward <laughs> you know um but now my mom and my dad they're separated my daddy remarried but um that was the only relationship so i had to learn with my husband now that i was i'm great at money and it's in this group the morning meetup and in the rachel roger group that i'm in that i understand that i control money money doesn't control me so at that time in my life i was in debt i had credit cards um I remember doing one time only I did the pay loan. What is it? Pay up, Payday loan? Payday loan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, advance your payday yes. or whatever. I remember seeing 70% interest back. I said, wow, I'm going to have to pay it back. Yo, <laughs> it was a big, I think I had borrowed, like, listen, I think I had borrowed, like, I don't even think I borrowed $2,000. 70%? I mean, oh, And I, I ended up paying back that, that loan for, like, year or 
highway robbery. Yes. No, I didn't it even was, ask I don't you. know if it was 70%. I'm sorry. But it was so high. I, I know I paid at least 60% back. I know That's I did. That's ridiculous. At least. That's ridiculous. No, I'm, I didn't even ask you where, what city did you move to in Atlanta? Oh, I mean, sorry, um, in America. Virginia Beach. So my family is in oh. Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Chesapeake area. It's like, a, it's like a, the city area over there. What's the culture like over there? Is it like black, white? Because I don't even know very much about Virginia um, Beach. There are areas where it's predominantly black. There's areas where it's predominantly white. But where my my aunt lived, it was predominantly white. Okay, it's so you, but, but were you like really... Um, it was a culture shock, yeah. Got it. So yeah, it yeah, was yeah. a culture shock. You got payday loans. Like, Do they have payday loans back in... Um, Tenega? No. Yeah. Remember, when I moved here, I moved here and I started my adulthood here in the US. Mm -hmm. So when I left Senegal, I was I was still a, a teenager, a kid. Very right? impressionable. So, yeah. so when I went back for just to visit, it's, I see it differently now. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just to show like the struggle of yeah. things. And um, now when I lose a client or when I get fired, because I, I don't get I don't got fired afterwards too. Yeah. Quite a few times. We gotta get into that. So yeah, let's get into your journey. So you you got a chance to see the marketing age kind of like mm -hmm. transition mm -hmm. from yeah. primarily paper to now everything is yep. digital. Yep. The yeah, back yeah, end yeah, of yeah, all yeah. of that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So you got laid off. What was your next uh, lily pad leap? So I got laid off and then I remember my dad telling me, you know, this is honestly the best thing that will ever happen to you. Mm. When he said I was like I was like, what? <laughs> I said, come again? He said, the best thing is going to happen to you. So lucky, when you get laid off, you usually get, uh, what is it called? Compensation? Yeah, what is so it called? Something. Um, now that you say it, I'm... Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? I said it. Mm -hmm. So I think it was like only $3,000 or something okay. like that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> it was my salary, which is pitiful. Plus three thousand dollars. So I think like they had month? counted uh, a month of salary. Okay. salary. So three thousand bucks. It sounds about right. So you had about um, a month to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But, and and that's why I don't think there's coincidence in this. Um, I was like, I don't want to do marketing analyst. I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, I looked at job description and I liked media buyers, which was managing campaigns, calling the news station, newsprint, and everything. Since I had some newsprint. Uh, some print news um, experience. Experience. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad God shifted me too. <laughs> so I applied to a media buyer position that I found somewhere on Indeed or LinkedIn, and that manager called me, and he was like, uh, "We got your resume, but I don't think this is gonna work." And I was like, "Oh wow, okay, I'm sorry to hear that." He said, "But I think you're gonna be perfect for another position we have." And what is his name? Joe Delat. Nice. That's his name. Shout out. Joe Delat. Um, and I said, okay, so I'm down. At this point in my mind, I was like, you got to keep you cool. But I was broke. <laughs> so that was literally, so I applied like crazy. I went beast mode applying to new jobs. I was determined. I said, I'm not going to be unemployed. No, no, I'm not. That was not an option for me. Mm -hmm. So I employed, I mean, I applied everywhere. That, okay, so I was laid off like on a th Wednesday. That following Tuesday, I had an interview on Monday. And then I had a second interview with them again on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And that following Wednesday, I was hired. Ain't that always? It was three that, weeks. That is That's so it. amazing. And until today, every single transition that I had was not more than three weeks, two weeks and a half. 
I was like, no. He got you. Yeah, exactly. When you doubt, you just, it's like crazy. But um, so I started hiring. So I went to work, and that was the second manager that really influenced me. His name is Gabriel Cohen. He's um, he's that that white brother that you have. That is support the community, the culture, like Advocate. for real. I got but like you. for real, because you got the the ones that I'm gonna do it just, but for real. Gabriel Cohen, right? So what you mean is this is one of those, not one of those, but um, this is a white male who has supported you in your yes. career. Because yes. honestly and truly, yes, in the like in a lot of communities, but in the black community, it's like you know you never know. You never know. And so that's why you you emphasize like yeah. no, he's really no he. Until this day, like I invite him to my, my wedding. He came for my wedding and everything. Like that's yeah. how tight we are until yeah. this day. Yeah. And so Gabriel was like, okay, so I'm, I'm building a programmatic uh, advertising department. This is going to be the first time we hire somebody just to start managing our campaign. We were outsourcing it to a company called Goodway, the industry would know. And so I was like, all right, cool. At this time, I need money. I was like, right, you can teach me whatever you want me to do. I will do it. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> but I remember Joe saying, like, the reason why he was interested in my resume is because he saw that I had worked at Dominion Enterprises. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said that company was, like, open doors to me because after that, after saying yes to this agency, like, a couple people, a couple companies called me back. And they say, oh, you worked at Domain Enterprises, stuff like that. So I was like, well, wow, okay. So that's why if you're a college student or you have a kid that's in college right now, make sure that they they do those internships soon. And like I told my my, my cousin the same thing. Um, Like I was like, just intern everywhere you think Mm -hmm. and go for that 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 job that that company name that brand yeah mm-hmm. i mean sometimes it is what it is you got to go but that brand helped me a little bit yeah it, it's funny how you say that because like i feel like branding um as corporate professionals who who do work for those large yeah. brands it's kind of hard to detach that identity mm-hmm. I, our own identity as mm-hmm. an um, entrepreneur from that so like one it's really cool to hear like how it's helped you mm-hmm. and i would love to hear like how it's followed you along the way yeah yeah well after that uh so i worked for that agency now that's when i was introduced to the digital ad agency world and so i worked for that 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 agency for maybe two that was the longest agency uh a job i've ever <laughs> it was like what two years now <laughs> that was the longest one was it good was it that- was it was not on purpose because I got laid off. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was up to me, I probably would have still been working there. You were so God, it. God got me uncomfortable. Sometimes he had to kick you in the pants. For so he kicked, yeah, he kicked Gabriel out. Mm-hmm. Gabriel found another job. He moved to Chicago. He moved his whole family to Chicago. Him and his three kids. And you Gabriel, so this is the second time you got laid off. Yes, sis. Yes, sis. Yes, sis. Oh, I'm missing it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're for it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be fired soon too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ah, so great, next, great thing. <laughs> you ready to get into it. What was the next job you got? Which, what's, what's the one that you got fired from? What's the company that you got fired oh, from? Oh, the very first time I was fired was right before... First time? The, hold on. <laughs> Dominion Enterprises, while I was interning. Oh, right, right, right. I had found this job uh, at TFC Recycling, where mm-hmm. I was uh, one of those uh, those operators that would weigh the, the, track, the trash uh, trucks okay. and just type in the truck. That's it. I was just the operator recording the weight of the recycling coming in mm-hmm. and I got fired from that job. And I also remember calling my dad right away and crying in the car and he was telling me, 
I think that's when he told me that was, that was the best thing that ever happened. Mm. And at that time, right, I, it was just a job for paid bills, right? At that time, I was, um, I was an operator, so I was interning. I was finishing the internship. Now I remember. I was finishing the internship. I got fired. I got fired a month before graduation, I think. Okay. So, like, maybe a couple weeks before those finals. And that's why I was trying to hustle and get, and get that job. job. I forgot that detail. Yeah, I got, ah. that was the first time I got fired. Mm-hmm. And that's when he told me that was the best thing. Mm-hmm. And so, fast forward, I got laid off. And basically, from my journey in that, at that agency was that campaign manager, which in the industry we were called programmatic media trader or buyer. And so, I, I was promoted to strategist and planner. And then, and then when he left... I was promoted to the director, but I did all the work without getting paid for it. Mm. Okay, and so they laid me off on the day I returned from vacation at 8 a.m. They called me on a Monday in that conference and say we're going to let you go. And he was like, "You don't even have to come to work. You don't have to have to service the clients. Our agreement will end in the next month or so. Here is your salary and uh, compensation." After that, was helped me stay afloat for like two months. Mm-hmm. So I was laid off. I said, okay. And that's when I applied to jobs outside of the area because I was like, I told my, my boyfriend at that time, who's now my husband, I don't want to stay in this area because there's no programmatic job. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want to move to New York. And that's where all the jobs were at the job. time. Okay. It still is a little bit. He was like, can we move down south? I just don't want to go to New York. I said, okay, fam, cool. So I started applying everywhere and then um, found this job in Raleigh, moved to Raleigh. He followed me maybe six months later. Okay. And then at this job in Raleigh is when I discovered that I really like training. And again, at this job in Raleigh, how long did I do? Okay, 2017. Okay, maybe less than two years again. And I quit to get to that job that I was telling you before we started recording Mm -hmm. where I got fired again. (laughs) And then when I got fired, that's when I was like, that's it. I'm going to work for myself. The best way to support the Work and Play podcast is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and by going to your favorite podcast player to subscribe and rate the Work and Play podcast. That's all you have to do. So if you are liking the Work and Play podcast, the content, the stories that we're sharing, and you know that this will help someone, go ahead and share the content to someone who could actually use it and help them on their journey to transition from corporate into entrepreneurship. Now let's get back into the episode. When you say fire, like, over the last couple of years, I hear layoff. Is uh, No, ma'am. Laid off was like those two positions that I told you about where I yeah. got a little bit much money for it, mm-hmm. right? But fired was like, you're done. That's it. Clock out. Why did Bye. you... So tell me, tell me, what was the buildup? Because you got the job. The next job, what was the job <laughs> that you got? Because obviously there's always like, you know, sunshine and rainbows before there's lightning and thunder. Yeah, so. yeah. And that's exactly what happened. So when I got laid off from that, that job as a director, um, it was a big mistake from that agency because now I'm an agency owner. I can say this. They did not have a backup plan. And they closed. They went bankrupt afterwards. Within a year and a half, they were closed mm. because they were like, they started doing some math and they saw that programmatic advertising is an investment for, for the agency. Okay. Um, if you do it well, which you can call me, you can make sh- good money. Like you can get good money out of it. Mm. But they made some math and they were like, well, well, if we outsource to this company, we can cash in more. And so they laid off most of the department and outsourced to this one company. But that company, 
kept rising their fee, I think, or something like that, because, well, it was a lot of work, okay? Mm -hmm. They needed to get paid too, mm -hmm. and so they ended up losing much more money. And then they lost this one gorilla client, and then the, they was the end of it. Okay. So, um, That's the reason that the last one ended. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't that. plan properly. They did not plan. When they, when they laid me off, that's when everything went down. Okay. They shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can guarantee the department would have been still successful had I been there. And you I was, were managing the programmatic department yeah mm -hmm. they so I was running the, the buyers the, the the whole strategies of all of the campaigns and the buyers so I was running the people that were managing the the, the technology mm -hmm. and then that means when you're a director that means like sales that means like account management or customer service or whatnot mm -hmm. <clears throat> so they laid me off and then shortly after but when I came to uh, that agency in Raleigh they uh, it was the same thing. So it was a startup. Again, I'm in startup mode. And I was like, all right, well, I did it at this other agency. I can do it again. And so I did. I helped. And then that's when I realized that there was a really serious diversity issue. Okay. And so <clears throat> that was 2017, 2019. What was it that helped you identify that there was a diversity issue? I was the only black girl. Mm-hmm in the whole room. So it was just you noticing. It wasn't anything yes. that happened, no microaggressions. Oh, no. And then, oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just, you want, you, y'all ready for this? I mean, because it's one thing to say, like, okay, I'm the only black girl, but it's like, the issue is. I remember that manager, mm. okay, he specifically told me, okay, um, you can come and take note to this meeting, but just say, don't, don't say anything. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, why? He's like, no, because, Sometimes you can be too passionate. What do you mean? Well, sometimes you can be too passionate, and this is a client that is not going to like that. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm your best team player, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm your best team player. You're not going to stand up for the person who built the whole strategy for this client that you're selling, and you didn't tell them I did that. That's the thing. That's when I was like, okay, my manager was white mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he was a man. And so I was like, okay, well, let it go. And then there's like microaggression, like you said, like other employees just coming to me and saying, oh, you're just too like passionate about this in a way of saying like I was aggressive, which is a really, this is like an insult for a black mm -hmm. woman. Mad black woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we don't want her to get upset or get mad. I'm like, first of all, I never get mad. What you talking about, fam? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And so long story short, I was the only black girl. Um, and years later, a couple years later, after we were not working there, I found out that my counterpart, who was doing exactly the same thing, was getting paid so much more money. Wow. So much more money. What did this do? I think he was around eighty-five thousand dollars a year, and I was at sixty-five. Got it. But you didn't know this at the time. Mm -hmm. In the moment, though, and you're talking about like you're owning these strategies, and you are, you know, really like helping these companies stay stay, stay afloat. What is this now doing to your psyche? How are you processing like your value in the marketplace as a professional? <laughs> your identity as a woman what's going on in your head in this moment where you're noticing your boss is like hey come on in but but don't say anything so a lot of things happen when somebody tells you and make you feel like you're not worthy then you believe it you stop believing it uh, we read the four agreement about when somebody projects their um their hurt 
then it starts hurting if you uh, have a lack of confidence. And so it really hurt my confidence. And <clears throat> I know now I have this high energy, but like it really tamed myself. Mm -hmm. Even like at the previous agency, I was told like, oh man, you're so uh, energetic. We need to calm down and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I'll be like, but that's just me, you know? <clears throat> and so um, it's tough because now it's my superpower. Now nobody's gonna walk up to me and be like, yo, calm down. No one. I'll never allow it unless we're in the library. Unless, we're <laughs> unless my daughter, unless my daughter is sleeping, <clears throat> or unless my my husband comes to me and be like, "That's the last glass of wine you're gonna have, baby." Okay, <laughs> calm down. That's okay, when he says that, I'll be like, "Ah, oh, shut." He's right. Okay, I, I don't did it again. This man came up to me. <laughs> I mean, my PJs. He'd be like, "Babe, this is just YouTube." Okay, I'll be getting hype on on. YouTube videos, your energy, and even in the morning, <laughs> 8 a.m., shoot, 7.45, lit. As you know, I thought, I told myself that I was a morning person because, you know, being a morning person is like, oh my gosh, you're weird, right? For years, I was like, yeah, I'm not a morning person. But then, like, naturally, I started waking up at 3.30. That was mm. my way of being uncomfortable. Mm. And then it wasn't as hard. It wasn't really. What made you wake up at 3.30? You said your way of being uncomfortable. It sounds like there was a process in there. Um, what made you say I want to wake up at 3.30? So I always wanted to launch my course, <clears throat> who's coming out in February. And I had this idea in September 2021. I did not execute until like December. Mm. So in December, I was like, yo. You said December 2021. September 2021, September 2021. December 2021. So a couple mm -hmm. months ago. Gotcha. So I told myself, literally in September, I wrote the whole outline. I was like, I'll bet I know how to do this, this, this. I might research this, but that's cool. Oh, I can write this. I can, I'm already writing blogs here and there about these topics. I'm cool. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> and so in December, I was like, I'm not going to go back to sleeping in anymore. And also that was a Neo, uh, Nehemiah Davis. He came, he came, he's, he don't say something. I was like, golly, it has to work or it has, has to work. Has to work. <laughs> He said, some of y'all are just sleeping in and you have all these big dreams. And he, I think he said something about oh, God gave you this idea because he knows you can execute. So why are you disappointing him? Yeah. And in that same week, in that same week, my mom had told me something about, you know, you're God's daughter. Mm. And just because he loves you, like that's, that, that, that's already a power. So if he's giving you this, this superpower, why are you wasting it? Wow. So I was like, ah. And then Nehemiah came and then disrupted things. And I'm like, first of all, who invited this guy again? <laughs> he really came huh? and smashed the whole day. I said, I need to talk to a manager right now. I was going to pull out my Karen out of my back pocket and be like, T who is... Yes, he shut it down. Yeah, he shut it down. But, but I, you know I need to hear it. I'm glad. Because like, it made me feel real uncomfortable. Like yeah. I started itching. Like I was like, mm. Mm -hmm. Something is not right. Yeah. So I told myself, I'm going to wake up every day at 3.30. Yeah. And from 3.30 to 7-ish, I'm only going to work on being that millionaire mm -hmm. that I want to become, that I am becoming. And I was like, in order to do this, what should I do? So I, in December, I started like shuffling, shuffling ideas. And then my husband was like, but you got this course. Why don't you just focus on that? And I was like, oh, bet. That's it. So since maybe mid-December. over the place when we have the thing right here in our face. Tunnel vision. Why do we do right? that? 
I think it's because we're scared that it is going to work. And that's, mm. and that's still like a one person fearing me that like, wow, what if it actually works? Yeah. Like when Marlon came and did his presentation, he talked about consistency, confidence and uh, courage. Mm -hmm. And it just made me think about it. I was like, I'm lacking that courage. And I'm telling everybody around me, like when I train, I tell, I tell people you have to have the courage to stand up for what you think is right. Because mm -hmm. sometimes clients will beat on you, but you're the expert. You got to stand up, have the courage to tell them that this strategy is, is, that's not a word for shitty. It's done. It's dumb. It's a dumb strategy. No, no dumb. <laughs> but it's not going to work for what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Trust my expertise because I've worked in this technology for quite some time. Yeah. Do it this way. Yeah. So I'm over here preaching to be courageous. Mm, and I'm not even, I don't even have the courage to stand up for my own self mm. and to go after what God told me to go after. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. At that time in my business, I was chasing uh, agency owners. I wanted to help them run their media and while running the media, just um, training somebody. Yeah. And I did that for a couple agency and I was really happy, but it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Because these agents are talking to me like I'm their employees and they forget that I'm a partner mm -hmm. and I'm here to help them mm. temporarily. Oh, let's talk about that. Hold on, wait a minute. You know, we we, we kind of skipped past this last job. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you gotta so, me so here's the thing. My, this is how my mind works. I want to definitely, mm -hmm. we got to talk about that last job. Mm -hmm. But then I would love to talk about... Um, the difference from being an employee to being a partner. So first, we'll talk. We'll, we got to finish up that last story in your role. Okay, so I'll finish up really quick. So after that agency, um, that manager that was just beating on my spirit, <clears throat> and then team members here and there, you know, not looking like me, were just beating on my spirit. At that point in the agency life, within those two years, two other black girls were um, hired. Shout out to Sonar and Lexus. They're co-founders of Digital X Media, and I partner with them very seriously. They're the one I hire her, their buyers to help my clients so that the clients don't have to stress about their advertisings. Okay. And I can just train the new employee, right? So I offer that the headache is covered because I have expert from Sonar and, and Lexus. While I do that, let's go ahead and, and, and train those new people so that the buyers can go on being, being their best life and your new people can take over. Okay. So that was the model I was wanted to focus. So, <clears throat> so we really connected, and actually they live in Atlanta. Nice. Yeah. I was I was just with them. Okay, good. So Sonar called me one day, and she was like, "That's the pivotal moment that I was telling you about." She was like, "Ellen, I'm gonna need you to take the next few days off, mental day, because you are angry, you're bitter." So apparently, I was on a call with her, and like some. I don't know, some, some account manager, and I was so mad, and the way I came across was really with anger. She was like, you, I wasn't yelling at anybody, but she was like, I didn't even recognize who you are. You need to go find another job, ASAP. And that time, I was going through this whole thing with my husband where I wanted to work for myself. I was like, I want to freelance for real, for real, full time. And so I told him, this is going to be the last job I'm ever going to have, mm. that's it. Because I'm a terrible employee but I'm the best team member you ever had. Everybody that worked with me always told me that, like, yo, you're dope, you know? Because yeah. I'm, I'm a people's person. Yeah. Like, I, I remember getting in trouble because I would put my, my junior analyst first. 
I remember getting in trouble with that same manager. He would come and say, this has to be done by this. I said, uh, no. That means this junior analyst will have to work on the weekend. And that's, not gonna... that's the best type of boss you can ever have. And I wasn't even getting paid to be the, their boss. I wasn't their boss. I was just a senior to them. Mm-hmm. And I was, my responsibility was to oversee, help them, just manage them since they were junior analysts, mm-hmm. uh, junior buyers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no. So uh, I quit that job. You quit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So this is this one. We quit. We walked away. Okay. Okay. I quit that job when I found the other one, the last ever job I ever have. Mm-hmm. It was for a PR firm. They needed a programmatic lead. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, other agencies like marketing agencies or PR firm, PR agencies, they have their niche service, but sometimes the client will be like, oh, can you run this for me too? And then they'll start hiring. So that PR firm was, there was like, very successful in PR, but they had a media department that needed like my expertise. And so I went, but then I was like, okay, but, um, I'm going to go to work at nine and I'm getting off at five. Okay. And from five to whatever in the morning, I'm going to work on building a business. And that's when I was like, I always wanted to start a blog, which I had started here and there and failed. Mm-hmm in the sense that I wasn't consistent. It was a hobby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, then I'm going to do podcasting. Because I was like, I really want to, I like to talk. Yeah. Okay, what I, what I got done, just use this gift. Let me talk. Now, what year was this? That was 2019. Gosh. I was 2019. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting it. <laughs> so it was 2019. And um, so my husband was like, ah, cool, whatever. We got that PR firm. And actually, the PR firm was the highest paying job I had. I think it was like the $85,000 nice. a year, mm-hmm. uh, which was the highest I've ever earned at that point. Now you can earn that very easily. Again, trip call. into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, so long story short, I know that my time there was temporary. I had given myself until the end of the 20, 2019, but I was cool working for a year there. So every night I would work, I was working on my website. And at that time I wanted to look like a freelancer. So now it's changed and it's still changing. That's, that's just the ghost to say that you may start somewhere and that's okay. Yes. And you're gonna keep, in, you're gonna keep upgrading. Yes. Like there's a reason why your iPhone, you don't have iPhone. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason why Android, okay well even your Android there's updates yes because they launched this software and then people mm-hmm. are like yo this is dumb there's this there's a kink this is, they're like oh bet let me fix it and then they update it mm-hmm. so don't be afraid to start ugly right shout out to Kelly Thanks. um do it ugly brand so I did it really ugly <laughs> And I had some investment to do. Like, I remember helping my friend, uh, asking my friend Ryan, hey, can you just do this website the way you did hers? Because hers was like a resume uh, for herself. And she had that for years. She was just living, you know, she was just working. Mm -hmm. And so she did it somewhat. And then she got busy. So I got impatient. I was like, let me go finish it. And so I hired another freelancer and paid him. But he switched it and then I hired somebody else to finish it and he switched it. So I ended up learning and finishing the WordPress site. Yourself? <sighs> yes, it <sir. laughs> <laughs> oh, Talk about who, not how, child. You became, you were Gosh. doing the how all Gosh. day. <laughs> now, like I'm always this close of switching my website to Wix. <laughs> Cause I'm like, yo, girl. WordPress be too much. Okay, they, they be too much. Wix girl, I'm a Wix girl. So I understand. I'm this close. Yeah. 
But luckily, I uh, hired a who last year, and she takes care of my website now. Nice. I don't even look at it. So you are talking to your husband. You're like, hey, I'm ready to be out of here. You quit <clears> that <throat> last job, mm -hmm. and then you walk into your last lead mm -hmm. um, programmatic um, job, role. Yep. Mm -hmm. And do you like it? You're, hated you're Oh, I hated it. Ooh. Because I was back in an environment where I was the only black girl. Mm. And all of those leaders were men, white men. And um, yeah, there were some female VPs, don't get me wrong. Yeah, they were cool, whatever. But they, I didn't feel like it was not it. The day that I realized like, oh, no fam, that's not it. It's when, and it, when they were joking about, <clears throat> I guess pranking one of their clients that they had for a long time. I guess that was their, it's cool. You know, sometimes you call your client. Mm -hmm. So sending them like a joke but it was appropriating the Mexican culture. Okay. And everybody was laughing and I was like, no, I don't think that's cool. I just didn't feel right. That's when I realized like, I, I don't want to be in this environment anymore. And that was like summer 2019 mm -hmm. and they fired me August 2019. What did they fire you for? <clears throat> so they had a lot of like billing, past year's billing issues. Mm -hmm. And so while I was there, they were like, we need, we need help um, in your media department because I was media. <clears throat> Can you help reconcile some of this media billing? Cool, you pull it from the platform. It's, Honestly, it's, it's one of those things that I hate to do as a, in my job, mm -hmm. but you needed to because you just need to pull the billing and send it to accounting. But it was so much that it kept pulling me away from my day-to-day -day job. Away from, and they were expecting me mm -hmm. to do it plus my day job. And sis was nine to five, for reals. Yes, you set your boundaries. I, I was not going to stay to six. So I was like, if you want me to focus on this, that's cool. But this is going to be late. So I kept being late on my work because they were requiring me to be on time on this thing that I was not hired for. Gotcha. So I got fired for performance related. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I think about it, I'm like, yo, okay. So when they fired me, when I said I was so in peace, Arya, they said, this is it. Um, we're going to ask you for your badge or whatever, your parking pass, whatever. I said, oh, okay, cool. Oh, oh, like right now, do you want me to finish my day? How does this work? I don't really remember. Is it like, because this is kind of like your I first time being fired for performance issues. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I know it wasn't performance issues though. Right, right. I know it wasn't. But I'm great at my job. But as I'm listening to it, just so, because <clears throat> here's the thing. Mm -hmm. You mentioned getting fired, but, and, and I said this a little bit earlier, but mm -hmm. it's like, organizational issues, when they lay you off, it's like, it's like you know, this is business, yeah. not personal, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then sure. with Nothing this personal one. ever. This one was personal. That's what I'm saying. Heck yeah. It sounds so much. <laughs> the manager who was yeah. white, <clears throat> a white man. Mm-hmm. He fired me. Mm. He was not okay with the way I was, I was expressing myself. Gotcha. He was one of those things like, no, you will do as you go. Mm -hmm. And maybe now he realized it because I think he's a great person. Honestly, all my ex-managers, I think like they're great. Who cares? I don't care. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, the person who laid me off the very first time, uh, 
just hired me for my services not too long ago. As an agency, which goes into you now being a partner. <clears throat> so I know you have, um, you've been doing, you have been in the industry. In yeah. this whole conversation, yeah. we've <clears throat> gone through your career hurdles, your ups mm -hmm. and downs, the decisions that you've made as a professional, as a black woman, mm -hmm. like all of these things. As an expert, I would say SME, right? Subject matter yeah. expert, right? And now you are a practitioner, you are a partner and no mm -hmm. longer an employee, but you have also now decided to get your kick in the pants and start this course. Mm -hmm. So now that you're, you've, you're still doing the work, right? What are you teaching others in mm -hmm. your course that's gonna help them along in their, in their journey? So this client that I'm working with is the last client I'll probably work with when it comes to media activation, we call it media activation. So hiring me, to help them build their department and providing the buyers. I will no longer be doing that. It's not something my heart makes me happy. I think the, the industry and agency is very, can become very toxic. Mm -hmm. And that's my way of saying no. But I remember being that person working for that agency and not thinking I had options, right? Um, if there's one thing people tell me is like, I'm a go-getter and I always get things done. Like literally, my husband was like, oh yeah, I think I'm gonna go get um, this real estate course and just make it official, because he's a real estate investment. I was like, oh, bet, where is it? When do you start? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you need? You're gonna need an office. We're gonna move this desk over there. And, yeah. and I, he told me that last week, and then the, the room is already set up, but the class don't start until March. <laughs> That's on. just how I am. Yes. So <clears throat> what I have to say to this is that now I, I love training others. I only want to do that now because life is too short. The pandemic reminded us this. So if you're listening and you're like, this is, I feel stuck. You, what is Myron Golden said? The law of polarity, like you never saw a one-sided coin or one-sided paper, right? Mm -hmm. So feeling stuck is the worst side that you can feel at this point. Flip it, mm. just flip it. Mm -hmm. If if think of your situation at, in this moment that's being stuck, being burnt out, because it's not fun, okay? Being burnt out, which means you're overwhelmed, overstressed, okay? Um, overworked, underappreciated, underpaid, okay? Yeah. Next thing you know, you don't see your family and you're too tired to work out. So now it affects your health, the way you live, you're in this position, that's the worst position you can be in. That's great news, congratulations. You've, that's bottom. <clears throat> what do you do when you're in the bottom? You go back up. Now there are situations when you're still scraping the bottom, mm -hmm. right? But you can't control this, you can't control this. And so I was trying to talk to, my I thought my avatar was like those agency owners, but it was me a few years ago. And so, Throughout this past year, as I was putting myself out there, being a content creator, putting more gems, tips, pouring into my community, a lot of individuals reached out to me saying, I cannot afford you as your consulting fee. My fee kept rising and still rising, mm -hmm. okay? My hourly fee. Um, and they were, I just can't, but I need help. So that's when I thought about the community. Right now we only have four paid members, <clears throat> but I'm so proud to say it out loud because every single week they come in and they make me feel like this is it. I don't care if we stay three forever, yeah. but I'm helping these individuals and they're helping me without even them knowing. 
helping me as to be a better person and to also stay the expert. Yes. And so I was like, I got to do this course. Mm -hmm. I got to give the people an opportunity. And no, it's not free. Most of the training I we get in the industry right now, and that's one of the issue, is some of them are free, some of them are not. But you don't know where to start. And all of the training that are offered are given by the technology. So there's a plethora, which means a lot mm -hmm. of technology that you can use to do the digital advertising. So like Facebook is only one platform, right? Granted two or three, whatever. But Facebook has one training, it's called the Blueprint. So if you know you want to be a Facebook ad manager or paid Facebook, whatever, then you can go on Facebook, type up Blueprint. Uh, you have to pay to take the certification, but the content is free. I remember that because I took the content. I didn't pay for the certification. Okay, you didn't and I, I did on my resume. I said I could not afford the certification, but I completed all this lesson. Let's go. Mm -hmm. The information is in there. Exactly. I removed it now from my, my resume because I don't want to do Facebook anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But Mama always said they cannot take your information away. Exactly. They mm -hmm. can't take your college degree away. Mm -hmm. uh, well, now knowledge. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that's why I did like, yo, this is so frustrating. Like I get these people coming to me and saying, where should you go to go? I really want to learn about this industry. Where should I start learning? And I was like, well, this is what I would do. This is what I did. And then I'll tell them here, you can get training for free here and then here and here. And it was literally like this, this, that, and then this, and then this and that. And I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> stupid. Why would we make it so hard to, to build talent? And right now, if you go on LinkedIn and I dare you to do Type the word programmatic and see how many jobs comes up. No. I just did a web a masterclass about it not too long ago, and it was like uh, 20,000 jobs in the U.S. Any position, okay, from entry level, granted, it was from entry level to senior, whatever. Yeah. 20,000. That doesn't sound like a lot. <clears throat> doesn't sound like a lot? That's a lot. That's a lot. I feel like 20,000 programmatic advertising jobs is a lot. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Hey, I don't know the industry. Um, and then I looked it up in my area only and it was like 5,000. Okay. So I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. This is mm -hmm. ridiculous. We got to do something with this. Mm -hmm. And so the course is going to be progressive. Like if you're listening and you're like, listen, I'm stuck in this position. I want to leave corporate America. Then you call Ariel. She helps you transition. And then Ariel calls me and say, listen, this person could learn, could get an opportunity in marketing. It seems like they're interested in marketing. Advertising is never going to die. I don't care what your, your, your politicians are saying out there. It's never going to die. If advertising dies, <clears throat> and I don't want to break your heart, the internet will not be free. You're not going to get Netflix. For, you, you're already paying for stuff. Netflix, you pay for it. Yeah. Imagine paying for every time you log onto a website. That makes sense. It's not going to be free, sis. That makes sense. Advertising funds the open internet. We call it the open internet. Mm -hmm. And so it's important. Now, what programmatic does in the technology we use is that we try to make it as relevant based on the measurement capabilities we have within that technology. So I know not to serve you um, how to find your dream job content. I'll know how to serve you entrepreneurship content because mm -hmm. it's relevant to you. And quite frankly, I would rather see something relevant to me than a lumberjack, um, you know, to me, than a lumberjack uh, ad. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. So advertising is not bad. And people say that it's creepy, but it's really not. And in every industry, there's a bad apple. Don't get me wrong. And Facebook is one of them. 
Facebook have sold our information so many times. That's why we have such a sour taste in our mouth. And yes. Even, even as but a data analyst. Programmatic gets the bad rep. Yeah. But like Facebook done soldier. Mm. Listen, when you see people do uh, the test, what is it? Um, this is how I look in like when if I'm old or whatever. You know when uh, those um, like a, the me the real which, which Disney princess are you test? Mm. Those are hackers test. Yes, yes. You can Google. I don't care. So they can scan your face or something. No, oh. but the information that you do, if you notice every single test that you do, right? Those those dumb tests will add you for your name or ask you to log in with something oh. you give them this information you consented for that person to use your information now here's why facebook is is wrong right this is where facebook needs to take a lot more responsibility is that they should never have allowed uh partners like this to to be able to advertise on our, i mean um to serve you know content mm -hmm. within their walled garden it's called wall garden within their garden that are walled mm -hmm. so that's where facebook is like ah well we don't control like anybody can come and post oh my gosh i didn't know that it was a hate speech come on facebook mm -hmm. you need to take responsibilities but just to get back to the advertising piece like if anybody is in this situation there are options and so you're listening and you're like yo i don't need to take this course cool that's fine I can show you how to take it, you know, get all this information. Oh, oh yeah. And you you going to get all the information, okay? It's out there. Um, but I encourage you to just make a move. Just do it. Just do it. Just make a move. That's okay. lit. So at the end of everything, like they're they're essentially trying to get from mm -hmm. feeling stuck in their current role yeah. to a career in yeah. programmatic mm -hmm. advertising. And so yes, you could YouTube University it all day. Yeah, there's a lot of great information out there. I'm not gonna lie, there's a good 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 amount of information out there. But the what what 2010 to to 21 was that 11 year career yeah of, 2013 so i calculated the other days eight years and a half so going on nine of figuring um, this industry out so in a digital marketing space is 10 years plus but programmatic specifically is eight that's yeah literally and, eight years um, of doing it yeah and so that's what i was like i'm not going to just pour this other just to pour another course out there mm -hmm. every single lessons that i do i really break it down like really break it down and then I gave my um, recommendation, my expertise, expert recommendation. And so the first few modules is just training you through the fundamentals. So what is programmatic advertising? Why you should consider it? Um, why is it important for an advertiser or a brand or like a publisher, which is a website or like an agency? And then we get into what programmatic ecosystem is, who are the role players? And then from there, we talk about capabilities. And that's, I think that's when it's, it gets the most fun. Okay, the first two modules is just like, oh my gosh, you just need to know these people. Just know them. Because like, they, they is important. You got to know who they are. Yeah. And their roles. That's what I go over the roles. And then after that, module three and four is when we talk about capabilities and we dive into the targeting capabilities. So being able to target based on your location and based on your behavior and what kind of messaging you can give. It's not only that boring banner anymore. We talk about who, we talk about scanning codes nowadays, okay? So it gets really cool. It gets really cool. And we can get a lot of, we can get really creative. We can get mad creative. And, but it's all consented. And people think that it's not, but it's all consented. I can't target Arielle Young unless she's she's given some type of consent. Got it. And the partner, 
I'm buying the data from the partner. Mm. But that's why when you check, you know, you get you get that email newsletter and you say check to share your information. Right. I have to be really, really yeah. conscious about that. Mm -hmm. It's maybe I'm like, yeah, I do want it, but most uh, most of the time I'm not. Mm -hmm. So you're teaching them how to navigate their career, how mm -hmm. to build a yeah. skill set all in one course. And you're yeah. supporting them on like going out into the marketplace. Yes, and that's a, another really cool thing um, I am doing. Speaking to existence <laughs> because a lot of these people are coming to me for jobs, and I'm like, yo, ah, but then those media holding companies, the big agencies are also coming, like, do you know somebody and know somebody? I'm like, oh, yeah, here they are. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're not expert enough, or they don't have the experience. Train them, uh huh. So you can fill that gap, yes, mm -hmm. yeah, but it's not in budget. All right, then I can't help you. Mm -hmm. I can't help you. I don't know nobody. Well, that's why you're feeling the need yourself. Exactly. That's what there's a need. Like literally, I've talked to it, so many people and told them, "Listen, um, this is what's gonna happen." They're like, "We really need this." Just the other day, I was talking to a gentleman. He was like, "Listen, um, I will be considered your competitor for the publisher. So I'm on the I'm on the buy side. So I'm servicing the people buying advertising. He's servicing people selling the advertising space. Mm -hmm. So he represents website with inventory to sell. I represent advertisers with." Um, money to buy the inventory to place the ad got it and so he was like I would be consider your competitor to some extent but I just got to tell you like I'm look I was looking forward for this call because the content you're pouring out there is amazing and I was like yes that's exactly it that's, that's what beautiful. I'm here for yes and so I told him actually I know these people and these people and he's like you know we have a referral program I was like oh yeah no no worries he's like no we have a referral program I'll, I'll enroll you and if you send people that's cool and that's it keep it like that and I had and that's when you go back to having a relationship with money mm -hmm. that's when I had to look at myself and be like ah, I I'm glad he pushed me to say yes because yes that's work that's like that's my connection but like mm -hmm. we think right now you're thinking oh I know all these people is fine just tap into my network but I worked hard on this network that's a okay? fact yes Work really hard on this network. I build relationship. And now you are going to get paid for it. That, exactly. That's energy exchange. Yes. Like you said, the relationship with money, you receiving that opportunity, yes. that's energy exchange. Yes. And so I, I'm, I'm going to, I told him I was traveling, so I'll, I'll do uh, all the introduction on Tuesday because Monday is closed apparently for some president date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this holiday Listen, again? One, as a senator. We can't have Juneteenth, but we're going to have President's Day. Facts. Ain't that about it? Listen. <laughs> well, now, anyway, you, anyway. you are doing the doing the dang on thing, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Teaching it, making connections. I love that you're still a practitioner. Yeah. So what is the course called? It's called Reach and Frequency. <laughs> Reach and Frequency. Which are two metrics that are very sexy to advertisers. <laughs> okay. The Reach reach is just like how much reach can you get mm. with your dollars how how much how how much can you stretch that dollar and gain as much awareness with that dollar Got right you. reach that's what a reach is you can google it that's all it is so very often and somebody that works in digital marketing as a whole would be like giggling right now like oh my gosh reach and frequency what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Because like advertisers are always like how much reach, you know, even in, in Facebook you have reach, you know, that reach metric column. And then frequency is how often are we going to serve that ad? And it's, it's like one of those love-hate relationships with frequency because um, 
if you serve the ad too much, it's annoying. Okay. If you don't serve the ad enough, then you don't get that reach and the awareness. Mm. So that's what I call. But I was looking for, I asked the community, like just um, on Instagram and on LinkedIn, I was like, I'm trying to name this show. I want to start going live. Y'all submit some name. And then there's some names that are submitted. And then they said reach and frequency. And that happened to be in September when I wrote down the outline. I was like, this is going to be the name for the course. This is going to be the name for the course. That's lit. Yeah. I can't remember who submitted that, though. Hey, it thank you, guys. It was one of those polls. I'm I glad they did. After that, I still randomly say, like, so do you remember submitting Rich and Frequency? Holler at me, please. Right. I want to just send you, like, something to say thank you. Accent. You Energy. know, you can do it for it, but, like, I feel like thank you is the most underrated kindness nowadays. Facts. Please. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, those things. That's another currency. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so for those of you guys who are watching it, we mm -hmm. did do it. We're going to do a little special thing. We're okay. going to give it to them in the, de in the description below. So yeah. if you want it. Now, here's the thing. You guys can get it, but the discount now that we don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. But when you click the link below, the code. There will be a discount. Dope. Because okay. I'm, I'm hella I'm nice. Such a Damn giver. It. I'm too much of a giver. My it's husband will be like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why you work hard get yourself paid first i'm like but the people need it too and it's energy but so I, you, you better get he's it my while balance you can. Yeah. get it while you can <laughs> no no once i give it to you once i give it to you it's gonna be it like it's not gonna be you know i'm not gonna it. be like for 60 days only and then that's it because i feel like i know it's okay and we're tapping into funnels here but i know there's a strategy behind it because yeah. you want people to act now take action mm-hmm but ultimately, I've created this course and it's here to stay. Mm -hmm. And I intend of updating the course. And here's the beauty about the course is that because I remember being the only black girl, I'm second generation immigrant, right? I'm, my first language is, uh, my second language is English. Um, I remember feeling like a foreigner quite a few times, okay? And I'm American, okay? I'm a worker and I vote and everything. I'm a citizen, sis. But... I remember being that one person and I could not relate, okay? And so the course, I'm doing it in English the first quarter of this year, but by the, the end of the second quarter, it's gonna come out in French, since French is my first language. And I hired a consultant to do it in Spanish. Let's go. And I'm currently, I was working with an American Sign Language Agency. Um, it didn't work out. It was a good learning curve for me. Not for anything bad, though. It was just like, oh, dang, I did not budget it correctly. Mm -hmm. And and now I know how much to budget now. So those three languages are going to fund American Sign Language. But I guarantee that American Sign Language will be out by Q3 of 2022. Because, like, why not? Yeah. Why not? Why don't we see... People that uh, that have like I'm not even I can't even remember the proper technical term, but like why don't we see them more? You know, like ASL is such a beautiful like when I see somebody sign, I'm like, what? It's so gorgeous. Like when they sign, and I'm like, oh, I yes, love it. Yes, yes. So um, I want to bring that. So I'm doing DEI for reals. Absolutely, for reals. Literally all of the different walks yeah, of life. Yeah, and if I you're listening, and you're like, but. I'm self-conscious because I have an accent and English is my second language. I was self-conscious. Sometimes I'm still, I still get self-conscious. I remember we had that conversation. I was like, girl, you talk about all that data stuff with your <laughs> accent? Come on. 
So if you're listening, you're like, but I don't think I understand. Yes, you can. You can understand. Yeah. You understand. You speak English better than some people that were born here that speaks English. Facts. And now I realize it. Mm. So my my accent does not mean that I'm less intelligent or anything else. Yeah. And like some people that know me dare to say they don't even hear the accent anymore. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I they hear love myself. You. They do. Yes. But the funny thing is that when I go back home, they're like, yo, you got an accent. What? It's my native language. How can I develop an accent? <laughs> Girl. They're like, yeah, you like, you uh, you roll a tongue like a... You got a little southern in there. And, I, and then you say sis, you be like, sis. I'm like, yes, you I'm true southern now. I'm like, for it. real, I'm southern. Yes. I'm southern. I'll, I'll go up north and I'll be like, y'all something else. Uh-uh. They're like, we don't say y'all, we say you all. Yes, you better own it. You better own it. I say y'alls. <laughs> y, comma, A-L-L, comma, S. Okay, exactly. <laughs> I said bofum. I said all of them. I say I said it all now. I love it. I, I really, really like. Well, you know what? Your your fifth course can be an ebonics. <laughs> <laughs> you know the crazy part though. Like when I first moved to United States, my very first job, right, yeah. was uh, Wendy's. Right. Mm. I used to make six twenty five an hour. Okay. And minimum wage was like I think six fifteen. And she bumped me up to ten cents more Ooh, because of my 50. energy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Six twenty-five was something like that. I remember being like, "Yo, I am rolling in dough." Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so one of the managers, she was Black Lolita. I never forget it. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm bilingual. I do this." She's like, "I'm bilingual too." I was like, "Oh my gosh, what language?" He, she said, "Ebonic." <laughs> and I remember thinking, "What? Oh, I, I don't know this language." <laughs> And she was like, that's why black folks talk. That's mm-hmm. black folks talk. Mm-hmm. I said, black folks, okay. But now, fast forward now, I think I speak a little bit now. Because my 9 to 5 voice that I had was different yeah. than the voice I have now. Mm. I spoke, I spoke, um, I spoke, what were you just talk about? I, sco- I, sp- I speak, uh, I had a 9 to 5, a customer service voice. Yeah. That was different than my real voice. And I'm not saying that my real voice is a bonics, but it was different. Yeah. So when she said that, I could instantly hear the difference in ship. And I was like, yo, that's yeah she would speak so not, like clearly yeah. not that ebonics is bad but the, the just the shift was mm-hmm. like wow that is different language it right really there. is it yeah. really is so for those of you guys who are watching listen i know y'all have had just enough time uh, fun as i have because <laughs> literally we, we <laughs> and i didn't know so much about you we didn't even get into your motherhood all of that so this is what you guys are going to have to do. Yeah. You're going to have to stay connected with Ellen so you can, one, stay connected with her journey, and then, two, go ahead and get, get that course. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, and can we make the, the code work and play? The discount code? Uh, yeah. We'll make it work. Don't worry. We'll work it on the back end. Work and play, yeah. I'm, I'm still a little bit of a geek on the, on the yeah, inside. Yeah, and it'll be so. anywhere from 30 to 40%. Ooh, okay, yes, guys. I, I don't play games. The course is not cheap. It's by module, so I'm offering a la carte. Mm-hmm. So it's either it's five ninety nine per modules, mm-hmm. or it's uh, I think it's twenty seven hundred dollars for the full course. Okay? okay, and the reason why I did a la carte is because when we get later on in those modules, the last chapters, like you really are going to dive in into how to run the campaign, how to set up. I'll have technology examples. I'll have like strategy example, like when you have 
a campaign that you're running in educational, mm -hmm. right? These are the type of um, metrics you may be asked to optimize, like make changes of. And these, this is how you translate this into the platform. Like I'm going deep into it. I'm That's going beautiful. deep into it. All right, now, yesterday's price is not today's, today's price. price. <laughs> so whenever this course comes out, Watch if the it. price has changed, listen, you better get onto it like That's right now. I don't, I don't mind giving to 30 to 40% because okay. I know it's going to be. <laughs> okay. So, so Ellen, one, thank you so much for joining thank, us. You know what? I got to say this. Thank you for having me. I did not, speaking about myself really made me remember the journey that you don't get to, 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 to see yeah. until you're like 50, right? Mm -hmm. And the journey, just by saying the journey out loud, it reminded me why my whys are so strong mm -hmm. and my mom is one of them mm -hmm. and why I do what I do. And it feels so right. It feels so right. I, I could, you can just leave me by myself right now in this corner. I could cry. You are flowing and like, glowing. Like, I can tell. but I want to thank you mm. for creating a platform like this. Because had I had this content back in 2014 when I was fired first time, I think I would have made the jump right away mm. sooner. And I'm not regretting the journey, but I think somebody's listening and they're like, your Ariel's bomb. But you gotta make you gotta make the move, and nobody else can tell you that your journey should not be your journey because like you feel it inside, and God gave you that idea for a reason. Nobody else can take it from you. So like you have people like Ariel that are here that have gone through some of this journey that can set you up. And sometimes I know our parents will be like, yeah, you gotta get some obstacle and have some challenge in life. But just learn from our mistake. Go make other smarter mistakes, please. Yes, don't do Don't go same. to payday long. Not done this. You heard don't it. Don't do it. You heard it. Sell a pair of shoes instead. Something. You do, do not something. have to struggle. You don't have to struggle. Your struggle will be different. Right. But learn from somebody else's struggle so that you cannot do the same thing. Yeah. And if you do, that's fine. But at least you'll be like, if she can do it, I can do it too and better. Yeah. And that's okay. So thank you for I that. I don't know if you know, but I think this is amazing. This is the bomb. This platform is amazing. And a month from now and a year from now, we're, we're going to remember this conversation and be like, yo, remember when we were at just this? <laughs> Listen, speak it, sis. We are. It has to because it only goes up because it has to work. It has to work. Yes. So thank you for creating you. this platform and being you because like you even inspire me to stay me. And I know you said I have a high energy, but sometimes I'm like, yo, I need to calm down a little bit because, mm -hmm. you know, Get but sometimes I'm like, no, yes. it's me. Yes. And sometimes I allow, I, I'm really loud and I curse. Uh, and she didn't do not one this entire time. I, yeah. She's been on her best behavior. Listen, Brynn's going to be real proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> we got to get out of here because yes, you got to yes, go get do. some dinner. <laughs> you guys got to gotta con contact Ellen. Yeah. Let us know before we close out of here because mm -hmm. I was going to ask for a word of wisdom, but she just closed it out. <laughs> but what I will say is how can they get in contact with you? How can they reach out to you? Um, my website is... Ellenparker.com, but it's spelled Helene, so H-E-L-E-N-E, Parker.com, and I'm very active on all my social media. My podcast name is Pergrammatic Digest Podcast, and then, um, like I said, the course is called Reach and Frequency Live. So, yeah, so Go good luck that. to y'all, and then... 
This is amazing. I'm just happy to be here. Thank, Thank you for having me. Thank you so me. much. You are wonderful. <laughs> we all know what to do. Go out. Be great. All yeah. right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Until next week, peace out.